Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Vinewood, the stars, fast sports cars, the hot nightclubs, success. It doesn't happen overnight. Or does it? If you want to make it as an international film star, you have to start at the bottom. That's where we come in. At DreamMakers, we'll show you the path to success. Our Eastern European acting coaches will give you all the skills you need for auditioning in the entertainment industry. My name's Philip. I enjoy pretending to be other people. DreamMakers helped me succeed in that goal. After some intense acting lessons, now I perform each day for thousands of people at the Glory Hole theme park. I came to DreamMakers because I want to dance on Broadway. They taught me how to use my natural talents to succeed. Now I get to dance every night for money. I succeed one dollar at a time. I did it. I'm in entertainment. If you really want it, you know you have to pay top dollar for the best coaching and career advice. We'll help point you on the path to success. Um, I'm fat, boring, and have no ideas of my own. Perfect! Why not be a movie producer? I'm attractive, but I can hardly read, let alone act. You're gonna have to sleep your way to the top, starting now. For only $45,000, Dream Makers will have you on your way to success. Call today! Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. It's episode 372, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and all I gotta tell you, I'm pumped for the show. And you know what? If I'm not pumped for the show, I can't even say that because now it's a bit. Now it's the intro. I gotta tell you that I'm pumped, even if I'm not pumped, but I am pumped today, and I'm remembering. I'm, I'm remembering in my brain the thing that we watched that made me pumped for the show, and so too is my co-host, the man who's always here, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the Beastmaster, Third Shift, it's Eric, and he's here to tell us before we talk about why we're pumped. Hey, Eric, how was your week? It has been a pretty good week, Matt. Not on the gaming front, but on a real-life front, not too bad, all right? You know what? This weekend came about, I took uh, my little monkeys out to Barnes & Noble, which we do once in a while. We had a good time. We read some books, had some scones and cookies, and drank some coffee, and all in all, had a blast. Never a bad time. Never a bad time when you go read some books, have some coffee. And on top of it all, it, of course, sparked that reminder in my head that I'm supposed to be reading more. So I said, oh, God, I got to get on top of that. But I want to get on top of that because I started reading Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn series. And I've got roughly 100 or 120-ish pages in. And I'm hooked. I'm loving it. It's really, really good. And I want to read it. Not only that, but Matt, the other book I was reading when I was still fresh with that thought of I got to read this year was uh, Stephen King's Fairy Tale. And I'm halfway through that. So I'm like, Eric, you got to get back on track, buddy. You got to go ahead and read this Mistborn. You got to go ahead and read Stephen King's Fairy Tale. And you got to get one more because I believe I said three books a year at least this year. I think that was the goal for this wonderful year. So I need to get on board with that. And that, of course, just sparked it all in my head again. And I went, oh, yeah, that's what I said I was going to do. And I want to do it. So I got my old Nook out, I got the Nook charged, we're ready to rock and roll, I'm going to start bringing it back to work again so I can finish up uh, the Stephen King novel, which I have on the Nook. I'll probably just go ahead and buy the Mistborn series too, because I doubt I'll get to Barnes & Noble enough over the rest of the year to finish that one. But that was a good time. We had fun, hung out, did all sorts of cool stuff, and that was on the Monday. Um, and then before that, over the weekend, I did a little bit of gaming, and I did a little bit of let's learn how to do D&D &D again. Went over to a buddy James's house with Matt, 
and uh, you know started hashing out like character stuff and you know base stats this and that. I'm still lost in the sauce almost completely, but now I better get my horse on the track because he's got a bit in his mouth and he wants us to get going and we're supposed to be meeting up in like a week and a half or two weeks and I still don't have a clue what the hell's happening. I am so glad you said that. See, just like before when we talk about another thing you're going to talk about later, I'm so glad that you are my buddy because I have I have freaking no idea. Like at the end of that session, I finally got to, okay, these are the bonuses and that's what that means. Because he would say, oh, what's your bonus? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I think it's four. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go. Roll it. Roll it. What's add your thing? I, what what thing do I add? Like, because I've never adding? done it at all, What's people. Happening? Like at all. <laughs> <laughs> but just like you, like I've got that part down. I've got the stat part down. I think to some degree. If I look at it for an hour, I'll get it all locked in. But now I'm like, all right. Well, what about my character? This whole thing. Like, well, why is he here? What's he doing? What's he want to do there? What's with What's his flaw? What's his trait? What's this? My, oh, gee, oh, gee, oh, geez. I'm lost in that part. I'm like, I just want to roll some dice and fight some orcs and tell me a cool story and I'll tell you what my guy's going to do. Like, when I opened that book and was flipping through the stuff, I went, oh, Jesus. And then we showed up at James's and he went, let's do it. Let's go, 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 go. And I went, oh. Go to page 246. Go to 137. Go to 448. You're going to find some things here. See that part. Pick a weapon right now. Pick a weapon. What you got? Oh, gee, I don't know. That part I'm comfortable with. The story part. I've always, I'm fine with storytelling, making up stuff. That's fine for me. It's the stats, numbers game. Uh What's your bonuses? I I don't remember. I don't remember. There's too many, too many numbers. Too many numbers. Like plus four here. Oh, the sorcerer. But then you got the cultist background, so you get the plus two edges here. Mm. Impossible. I need to print off like a D and D Barney cheat sheet for myself. That just goes, Eric, for this roll, you roll this dice. For this roll, you roll this dice. Like That's what I've always used. I've always used, I found a cheat sheet, got it all figured out. So whenever, all right, Eric, go ahead and roll initiative. Initiative dice are these dice. And I go, okay, okay, cheat sheet, thank you very much. I don't know what it means. I don't know why I have these dice. I don't know what they're from. I just know to roll those dice because the cheat sheet told me to. And I like I I I've start I've, I've I think I've got that part, but I don't know what means good and what is bad. Like what is what's fail, what's pass, where do yeah. you at? <laughs> yeah, if I'd roll a D eight, sure eight is the best. But why is when I roll a, like a defensive D eight, it's different, and then this goes down and that goes up, and mm-hmm. how much HP is everybody going to have? Because I'm going to want to roll D tens for that. If they have ten HP, then I'm going to want to pick a weapon that's a D ten. But if they only have eight, then I can roll a D eight. Like what is what? Yeah, and what's what's the goblins? What's the goblins fail? Like so, if I roll a D eight, what fails on a goblin? What fails yeah, on a rat? Yeah. What fails on a rabbit? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is that the DM's stuff? Is he supposed to make that up? I don't remember. I don't have a clue. The <laughs> only thing I remembered was using my cheat sheets to roll the appropriate dice, and then looking expectantly at the DM and going. Did I do it? Did I win? No? Oh, man. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm wondering, how detailed is it going to be? Is it like, yep, you hit him, you're dead. You got him. Or is it going to be like, oh, man, you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, and that's the other thing. We don't know what kind of DM he's going to be. So, yeah, you're right. Is he just going to be by the numbers, kind of bing, bang, boom? Or is he going to be like, oh, you did a critical hit. However, it didn't finish him off. And this is dying throws. He decided to detonate a grenade that you did not see underneath him. Roll for initiative. Uh-huh. Oh, you didn't spot the grenade. You took eight damage while he blew himself up and you. <laughs> yeah, are we going to have to perception check? Because I know I've got perception. Mm-hmm. I think you do, too. Are we going to have to do that like every single every single second? Yeah, every single does he way? want us to do that for everything? I don't know. You didn't look around the room. Uh, did I know what I was supposed to look around Do I got to look room? around you every t- room? Like- you told me it was a big empty room with a brick in the middle. Well, but you didn't You didn't look and see the spider webs and the creepy perception checked and saw if there was maybe a green orb on the side uh-huh. that you could push a button on. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But then if he's not like that and you just start perceptioning everything, he gets pissed off. And yeah, then he's like, okay, f- you guys want to just be boring Nancy's perceptioning everything you do? Fine. All right. I'll get crazy. Here we go. All right. You, you tried to look behind the brick, but then a goblin dropped on your head. Oh, roll, roll oh, your initiative. You roll your things. <laughs> yeah. So we're still in the stage of not really understanding everything and, of course, not knowing how everyone plays. And, and on top of it all, he's like, boom, let's go. Let's get the next session going, going, going. And I'm like, hang on, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let me let me like actually get a night where I'm bored and I can just spend some time watching Critical Role and like figure this shit out and, and come back fresh knowing what, what I'm trying to do here. Yeah, like I want the next session to have been in a full month and we're still kind of, all right, so to go over it, you're doing this, 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 and this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Your you, your things are this, 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 and this. this. Yep. Okay, yep. Here's okay, got it. Uh-huh, yep. All right, we're going to start the town and do like a one fight. You know, we'll do the storyline yeah. and then we're going to get into, we're going to come back and roll stuff next time. Because just like you said, I need a whole night to plan out my guy's whole backstory and all his jasms and all this, write down all the things and do all the stuffs. But there's only like two weeks until we have to do that again. Yeah. And I need the cheat sheets and everything. I got to spend the money and figure out what I'm going to wear and use. And I, I ordered some cheat sheets, but I haven't gotten shipping yet. It's been like two or three days. How fast is this place that he gave us the book link from? How fast do they ship? I don't know. That's where my mini's coming from. Uh-huh. Am I even going to have my stuff? Or am I just going to show up and be like, well, I don't know. I'll just put a put a sword band down. Put a, I don't know some kind of mini you got, James. Here, I'll bring I'll bring uh, I'll bring cactuar. That's what I'll be. I'll just be Cactuar. That's fine. It's close enough for today. For today. Next time, I swear, I'll be good. <laughs> so all sorts of shenanigans. And we did it, though. We actually showed up. We actually had a, a good time. But we got to figure out, of course, timing. He likes the evenings. I can't do super lates. But uh, maybe we'll have a happy medium where we got it going. We'll see how it all pans out. And to get on to the last little bit, everybody, I played one game. That's it. One game this last week. That's Sea of Stars. And I talked to Matt about it. I said, Matt, we got a, I got a disease. Something's wrong with me. And we, you all know. You audience listening, you already probably can guess. I got to beat this game, right? Scott, it's time to move on. Time to move on. Hey, you've reached the last boss. However, we just opened up all these final quests to go get all the legendary weapons, armor, etc., you can go do them, or, yay, man, you just go beat that last boss. Have a great time. Eric, yeah, just go beat that last boss. You're you're plenty strong. You're fine. Nope. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. I got to go do all these final quests. I got to. That's just the way it goes. Hey, there's a true ending. Yep, that that seals it in stone. Kajook. There goes just ending the game, moving on, having a great time. Nope. Go and do all those quests because I need the true ending. How can I just leave without the true ending? What's a fake ending? A fake ending is no ending. It's not a real ending. It's fake. Because the true ending is the true ending. 
So now I had to do it. So this week was me spending another week playing Sea of Stars and doing all those extra side quests. And now I can happily report to you as of this moment, I'm done with them all. All I have to do now is go do the final quest. That's it. So we're there. We're on the finish line. And if I wasn't recording this right now, I'd be finishing it at the finish line. But you know what? Maybe later tonight it'll happen. Who knows? Either way, next time we talk, it'll be done. Sea of Stars will be in the books. I'll give you guys like kind of a big overall. Maybe I'll do it on the uh, What You're Playing Third Shift. We'll see how it all pans out. But that's the only game I played this week. And I'll let me tell you, I still love the game. No issues with it whatsoever. Love it all the way through. Can't wait to talk about it a little bit more in depth. And then, of course, spoilerly, but I won't do that here. Just letting you know, that's what I did this week. What about you, Matt? Oh, I did everything this week. It was a packed week. It was a big week. Last week on Friday night, went to the Wharton Center for a show called Dixie's Tupperware Party, which was a crazy show. I, th- I mean, I believe. I'm not sure, but I'm 100% sure, and I believe. It's like a, a a drag performer who plays this like trashy, southern, like housewife type and she's having a tupperware party for like the audience and her and it's it was a crazy show it was a wacky show everyone was cracking up i was having a great time tears rolling down your face laughing because it was i mean it was actually like there's actual like tupperware brochures out there because she literally does show off like the tupperware but then she goes into stories about her family and this and that and it's just a nuts show i don't even know how to describe it i went in expecting Absolutely nothing, like no expectations, not not expecting nothing, but knowing nothing at all about the show. And it was wildly fantastic, just hilarious the whole way through. And it was great. And it made me go, man, some of that Tupperware stuff she was showing off, that's pretty cool. Like a chip dip thing and it like clips in, gets the onion hanger things off the end of the fridge. Man, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. So effective if you actually want Tupperware and then just effective if you want a fun, wacky, laugh a minute show. Just great. Let's see. It was a busy week. The very next day, went out to Williamston Theater for a performance of On the Market, which was a great play about a New York realtor. She's trying to move on after her husband passed away a few years ago, but isn't sure she's ready. A great show. A fantastic show. Also very funny. Lots of great comedic performances. A small cast, but three of the other characters played a ton of different characters in the show because you know she's a realtor so she's showing houses to people and they're dressed up with different props and stuff and acting like different people just a ton of fun absolute ton of fun only problem was the old lady two rows down who kept checking her phone during the performance they specifically say turn your phone off because it's distracting it's distracting turn your goddamn phone off at the theater and the killer thing is and this is just me venting and i'll, I'll move on after this she would pull it up send a text And then she would hold it face down like this with her hand on the phone. And then for the first like half hour, every five minutes, she'd turn it over to check and see if she got a text. But you're holding the phone. You're holding it. So you know if it vibrated. Mm -hmm. You know if it went off. But she'd turn it over and it would light up the night. And she'd put it down. And then she'd turn it over and light up the night. And I would see she didn't get a new text because I can see her freaking messages. No new text. Okay, turn it over. Okay, bring it back. But a great show. I love that theater. I love that. I'm like, man, you know, maybe I don't know what I'm going to do to combat that. 
maybe sit front row because the front row is literally on the stage essentially. Mm-hmm. But then when you have old people go, oh my God, then it's coming from over your shoulder instead of kind of lost in the, in the haze in front of you. I don't know, but a great show. Regardless of all that, great show. And then it was not the very next day. It was Tuesday of this week. Went back to the Wharton Center for an evening with David Sedaris. And just like with Dixie's Tupperware Party, I mean, I know David Sedaris' name. I know he's an author, and he writes books, and they're funny, and people like him. That's all I know. So I had no expectations going in. Like, ah, it's going to be something. I don't don't even know what he's going to do. But he's a humorous satirist slash essayist. So lots of his books are these humorous essays that he's written. And he basically did that up on stage. He came out, had, had some paperclip together stuff, read some essays, chatted with the audience a little bit, read some like diary entries of things that have gone on in his life that he wrote down that were humorous. And it was a blast. Just like Dixie's Tupperware Party. Had no idea what I was going to get into going in. Crying laughing. Just amazing. Hilarious. And I loved that... You know, just a few days removed from each other. You have this big, broad comedy in Dixie's Tupperware Party. And you have the complete opposite in David Sedaris, who is this small, quiet, you know, reading a reading a humorous essay. And it's not like, you know, he, him being over the top. It's his observations being over the top. And it was just two diametrically opposed things. And I told Howard this. There's a beautiful moment. And I love it when this happens. When he told a joke... I was like one of the only ones who got it. And then he elaborated on it, and then the whole crowd got it. And I went, I, I literally looked at mom and went, that took you guys a while. And she went, oh, gee, well, gosh, golly. And then we talked about it afterwards. And I was like, that's, mm, it's good. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel full of myself, which makes me the most happy. And then on the video game front, three games this week. I'm three times the man that Eric is this week because Spider-Man 2 did show up and I did play it and I did play it on stream and boy, howdy, that game, whew. Maybe, and obviously, I loved Miles Morales when I first played that a couple years ago on the PS5. I loved the original Spider-Man when I played the remaster just a few months ago. But when I got into New York City in Spider-Man 2 and just the explosion of color that just the city is in that game. I swear to God, in my, in my brain, in my mind hole, it looked 10 times better than even Spider-Man Remastered, which already was like the best city I'd ever seen in a game. And now it's like, like rocket ship to the moon. And the whole intro to that game, everything, I'm like rocket shipping through Saturn's rings. It was awesome. I can't wait to play some more of it. But I'm, I'm tr- kind of trying to piecemeal it out. That's why I streamed it, so I could play it on stream and not just bust through it in the weekend and be done. I'm excited for more. Another game I'm excited to play more of and I'm kind of in a Sea of Stars moment with is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore. I played through one whole big night of it, and I made almost no realistic progress because just like Eric, there's a system in that game you could do the side thing and learn all these side skills. And I'll talk more about these systems on what you play in third shift. And I went, okay, but I am kicking butt of all the monsters right now. So I don't really need to learn all those skills though, do I? And my brain, the other side of my brain that I was asking the question to went, yeah, you do. You better learn every single one of those skills. And you better go back and learn even more skills. And you better act. And I went, but I could just progress the story and move it along, which is what I'm trying to do tonight. And my brain said, nope, you don't get to do that. And I said, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that sounds good. So I did move the story forward eh, 
just a, a smidgen in that dungeon. I got to the next story piece in the dungeon, but it wasn't nearly at all what I wanted to get done that night. So last night, as revenge for myself, I guess, I set up, I redid the whole computer area here. The addition that I was going to get, I got that computers all hooked up on there. I got free space here on the desk. I got all kinds of stuff going on. I went, okay, for some reason in my brain, it went, hey, you got to get on the computer. You're going to export the Twitch streams to the YouTube and do all that stuff. And I went, okay. And I said, you know, while you're here, what you always used to do whenever you were on the computer was place a loop hero. Because it's pretty easy, you know, your hero goes around and you check after a battle, you equip new stuff, and you place the tiles and you go. I went, yeah, cool. And then like six hours later, I went, oh, I've been doing this all night. Like literally all, all, all night. Even the thing that I was watching in the lower screen, like on the side of the screen, I barely remember like the cool things that happened because I was just playing loop here all night. Because I love that game. That game is so good. And... Just like Tokyo Mirage Sessions, just like Sea of Stars. I don't think I made any progress in that game, really. I did like 10, 15 loops, and it was just fun to play. Like, I haven't built anything in the camp at all. I think I upgraded like two things. I figured out one system that I didn't know how to do before. So there's at least that. But essentially, I just played it and had fun and made no progress, just like with Tokyo Mirage Sessions. But I did have fun. So I guess that's the ultimately who cares because it was fun and I had a great time playing video games. And then the last thing, and it'll be quick, I'll, I'll end it off on this. It's the end of an era, folks. It's, it is probably the end of an era because the whole computer desk, the whole new setup is here and the new microphone is here too. So the old trustworthy, the old same microphone I've been using since day one of Third Shift, since probably before some of you have even been listening to Third Shift, or since some of you OGs have been listening, the same one has been here. The new mic is here. The new arm is going to be here. It's going to be a whole new day, a whole new setup. I'm going to sound crazy next time, or I'm going to sound the exact same, and nobody will even know the difference. But it's, it's almost time to send the old girl out to pasture, by which I mean... Uh, probably stay on this mic stand and just go out to the side and use for PS5 streaming. But uh, there you go. There you, you know the deal now, everybody. Matt's going to have a big old cool microphone now. Oh, boy. I can't wait to see how it sounds. I can't wait to see the differences. I promise you, noise-wise, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal, man. I mean, you don't even know the kind of noise going around here, especially now that I don't even try to keep anybody quiet. It's insane. Such good, good, good drowning of side noise. It's it's wonderful. I mean, I do know because I heard well, how bad know. it was You've before, and I know the difference. But I'm saying now that I don't even try to keep them quiet, they're they're going to town all over the place. I got washers and dryers going. I got dehumidifiers going. I got air purifiers going. You don't even hear it. You don't have a clue. You have no clue. This thing only picks up literally right what's here. In the old mouthpiece. It's, mm. gosh, I wish I'd just done it years ago. Yeah, yeah. It would have made your life, everybody's life much simpler, but I I was clueless. And of course, they're expensive. So, yeah, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, it'll be good. My only concern is uh, I may have to change. Well, I won't go into it. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. I don't know what, what the future is going to hold, but for now, that's going to be good. I'm excited for new things. New things are always fun. And a new setup where I got all this room and I can probably actually like, 
hit all along here where this giant arm already is right now, I can actually finally move it over here because it's going to wire to something else. The oh. other one's going to be here. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be a thing. I'm yeah. excited for it. But, you know, that's not the only good thing that exists in the world. No. Especially in the video game world. So tell us about another good thing, Eric. Not even rolling. You're talking about good things, new things. This is a new thing I didn't think was ever coming. Alan Wake 2, folks, has arrived. It is... October 27th, or will be shortly if you're listening to this like at 11 o'clock at night or whatever, if Matt posted like super early again. I'll tell you what. I played Alan Wake, the original OG, way, way back in the day. Me and Matt both did, in fact. And me and Beck, you know, we'd come to work gushing, where you at? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. It was a talking point. It was one of those talking points we had. Just like we do with Persona 5, just like we do with Catherine. This was another one of those. And it came. It went. It was fun. Had a great time with it. The story didn't end. And you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for the next one. That was such a good good thing. A couple of years go by, nothing. Not a mum, not a word, nothing. A couple more years go by, not a word, nothing. I don't think this happened. Matt, what do you think, man? Yeah, no, I don't think it did good enough. I think, I think they're just dropping it and moving on. Well, sure enough, they moved on. They went on to control. Control was fantastic. Control is amazing. Me and Matt, once again, both loved that game. Had such a wonderful time with it. Didn't hear mum's word. Nothing. It was dead. Alan Wake was over. Golly gee. Man, what a great game that was. Too bad it didn't do well enough to, you know, spark interest to get another one. But that day came, folks. It came. Alan Wake 2. It was announced. It was announced, and then they did Alan Wake Remastered, and they were like, hey... Go play this one. Enjoy it. Have a good time. I said I should do that. I did not do that. I got too many games to play. I wish I could have done that, but I can't even keep up with what I'm currently playing of the new stuff. It is just impossible. And as I say this, I realize, yes, like a year or two ago, I played FF7 Remake three times, but we won't talk about that. That's a different subject. It's a whole different matter. That's a game of the uh, my lifetime. You know, that's a that's a memory game forever, like Catherine, like Persona 5. You know, Alan Wake, it's a awesome game, but I don't know. It just doesn't quite get up to that type. So give me a break, all right? Don't come at me in the comments. It's an excuse game. I got yes. an excuse to not finish this one and not play it. I'm a, It's perfect. It's perfect. Yes. Yes, indeed. So here we are. I've been following it. You guys all know. You've heard me talk about it. I've been listening to Sam talk about it in the background. Some of the other developers for it do their little speeches and spills about sound effects about story, all that good stuff in preparation for this. I've watched all the trailers. I will say this. We're going to talk about a trailer, actually, for this title in a little bit. And I'll say it for then, but, man, I got some words on that trailer, a couple words on it. And on top of that trailer, I got a couple words on a review that I uh, watched slash listened to. So I'll talk about that then. For now, let me just tell you, it's a Remedy game, if you haven't figured that out by now. It is, of course, published by Epic, boo. so there's all sorts of rules. Yeah, ah, everybody's all boo, 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 oh, Epic Epic controls this, Epic controls this. And, and why Matt may say that is because a lot of people are pissed because it's not getting the physical edition because Epic said it is not getting a physical edition, and since it's published by them, they are the boss, they are the money behind this whole thing. So what they say is the way it goes. Lots of folks are very upset with no physical edition. I understand. I completely understand. It doesn't affect me much because I was going to get this digital anyway so that me and my brother could play it, and that's what I did. And if you don't know, Alan Wake is a really cool game. 
about a writer. And originally he goes to this lake hoping to kind of rekindle things. His wife ends up uh, getting lost in the sauce. He tries to go after her, goes into this place, called like I think it's called the deep place or the quiet place. I can't remember. Anyways, bad, bad, bad business. All things end up bad. He's in there. Spoiler alert. Uh, should I spoil it? I don't know. No? No nah, spoilers? Play okay. Safe. Play it safe. St- stuff happens. Things happen. All the things go wrong and right. Either way, you end up here in Alan Wake 2, and you are back in the role of old boy, and you are stuck in an area, and you need to get out. So you've got to utilize your tools as a writer, which, by the way, that's kind of the whole premise of Alan Wake, and get yourself out of this mess. Hence comes in the brand new character, Saga, who's an FBI agent, and she is on the hunt for what the heck is going on in Bright Falls, this crazy town. All sorts of weird mannerisms and things start to ensue. You have to ward off lots of monsters, lots of scary things. Use your mind place to solve crimes and puzzles while you're doing so. And then you will go back and forth between her and Alan, figuring out how to save yourselves and how to save this town from all the bad nasties that are happening in it. Originally, it was kind of more of like an action thriller type game. This one is supposed to be more along the lines of a survival horror game. I don't know exactly what that entails. Are they going to make ammo and batteries like super, super rare, like typical survival horror games do, and make the batteries very ferocious and uh, hard to beat? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I've been trying to kind of stay away from the game as much as possible, except for one review I did watch, which I will talk about a little bit later because it did P.O. me off. Now I'll just talk about it now. I watched one review. And they just basically told the entire story of the game in the review. What the hell kind of review is that? They just went through like, oh, and then Saga meets this person and did this thing. And then they have to fight this monster and this boss guy who actually is the... the, the, um, What are you doing? You're just giving the whole story away in your review. I don't understand what's happening right now. And people wonder why I go media blackout on this kind of stuff. Because I've I've been burned by that too many times. Skill Up did the review of Spider-Man 2. And I went, well, I'm sitting here with nothing to do. Let me put it on. He went, yeah, but uh, visual spoilers might be there. So I listened to it with my phone down. Absolutely nothing. Is it a major outlet? Because if it is, you should tell people not it's to watch it. It's a major them. outlet. Which one is it? Do you remember? It was IGN's. IGN's review, he just basically beat down every beat of the story as he progressed through the review. What? <laughs> How do you do that as a major review outlet? How, if it was just like Bob's Gaming, sure, okay, Bob's... No, this was the big one. <sighs> I was like, what the hell's happened? So I got about halfway through, and I went, nope, stop, 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 yeah, stop, stop, yeah. stop. All right, now I already know how half of the story goes yeah. and how Alan and Saga meet up and everything. Mm-hmm. Just from review, now I already know how that all goes down. I'm like, oh, that sucked. I just got... And I got one and a half, maybe two bosses spoiled for me, so I'm like, well... There goes the first couple bosses of the game, too. Oh, man. So I at least saved myself and stopped after that. But I was just trying to kind of get a gist of what, you know, people were saying. Then I went over to Game Informer. I went over to a couple of other bigger ones. And Game Informers, I want to hark on just a moment. Not too big. Because every, you know, I'd love love to say this, and I wish people did understand this. Every viewer is different. Yes. You know, every viewer is going to say what they need to say and what they feel they, you know, as they played the game. But I do got to say this, and, and I don't want to say it's wrong, uh, the wrong. They give it a seven point seven five. If you don't know, Alan Wake's kind of getting pretty, really, you know, pretty good reviews across the board. 
This one's kind of low, actually, for what it's been getting for most outlets. I was like, well, let me go ahead and read up on, you know, what they have to say. I want to see what's going on. It has fun. I love this. It's a, definitely a, an upbeat from Alan Wake, to, uh, Alan Wake the original. You can see a lot of inspirations from Control. A lot of stuff you're hearing in a lot of the reviews, right? Oh, but there's a, there's a lot of bugs in this game. There's a bunch of bugs. And, and one of them had me actually, like, restart the whole thing. That's fine. Okay. I get it. You're upset. There's some bugs in the game. Hang on. Let me backtrack for a second. Spider-Man 2 has a ton of bugs. Like, everyone, it's memes everywhere. Spider-Man 2 is just bug glorious. Let me go see what they reviewed it. Perfect 10. I think it was like a 9.5 or something. 9.75, 9.5, whatever. Super high. Not a mention. No, no, there's no, this game's beautiful. It's God, God tier. And I go, why does one game get knocked a couple points for bugs and another game that has a bajillion, because I see nothing but memes on all the bugs, Nope, there ain't bugs. This game's a God game from God, and it's heaven. Look at it. And I go, Eric, it's a different reviewer. It's not the same. You can't judge it just because it says that. Yeah, two uh, two things. I have hit, like, one bug in that game so far. But two, I don't want to get into the discourse. I won't go very long on it. But I, I all last week I was doing it. Hey, why is Starfield trending? Click. Ha <laughs> ha, Spider-Man 2 is amazing, and Starfield is poo-poo. Okay, swipe away. Next day, why is Spider-Man 2 trending? Click. Ha ha ha, Starfield's the best, and Spider-Man is bug-filled poo-poo mess. There's no bugs in Starfield. I'm like, this, what is happening? There's bugs in every game. There's bugs everywhere. There's bugs all the time. This is the industry that we live in. Yeah, it's baffling. And, and because especially Spider-Man 2 is a big Sony-exclusive game, you're going to see it 10 times more than you would Alan Wake 2, which is out for everything. Because who cares? Because it's not a it's not a post it up and go, ha ha ha, Xbox is so much better because look, look at those bugs over there. And it, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Why can't everybody just be happy that games exist? And if there's bugs and they get fixed, great. Just, I don't, bleh, bleh. Judge bleh. the game, in my opinion, I wish everybody would just go to judge, unless the bug breaks the game completely to the point it's unplayable or unfinishable. You judge the game off the narrative. You judge the game off graphics. You judge the game off story. You already know, said narrative. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You judge the game off the core mechanics and key points of the game, and the bugs should just be uh, a mention. Unless they are game breaking, they should just be. Be aware that I did have some issues with clipping in this and with the turning into a cube or whatever. Blah 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 blah. And the other thing too is. Since reviewers have to get it early to get the review out on the release date, they deal with bugs that none of us see a lot of the time. Mm. And I mean, people like Skillup will even say that too. I dealt with a bunch of bugs. There is a big 300 gigabyte first day patch or whatever. So part of the stuff that you're seeing, that you're seeing, that I'm seeing, like I've played those scenes, I had no problem. So like, was it just pre-release footage of this bug that they've had to put in the release because they did experience it, but now it's already been fixed? Who knows? Is it just a random thing that shows up randomly and I didn't get it and that person did? Blah. It's a frustrating it's just, thing. It was just one review, and 7.75 is still a good review. It's not yeah. bad by any means. But we all know in today's day and age, if it ain't a 8.5 or above, you're pretty much going to get soaked on because that's just the way everybody works. But regardless of that, as I said, a lot of the outlets have been hyping it up, giving it all sorts of accolades, so it doesn't really hurt it, but it just bugs me. I didn't mean that. You know, I didn't mean that one. I didn't mean that one. I'm not claiming it. 
<laughs> it uh, just aggravates me that this particular one was this particular review was like, oh, you know, but the bugs really, really drew it back and really just hurt it. But then a day before a game that also has quite a few bugs, no, it's this game's beautiful and wonderful beyond compare and cannot be uh, hurt or just touched in any way. It's like, ah, you guys got to stop using that measure because different reviewers and different people have different uh, takes on what bugs mean to them as they're playing a game. And it's really hampering scores, very apparently, when uh, playing these games. And this is a whole side topic that we we may have talked about in the the 900 episodes, but I think scores are garbage. You should not have scores. 9.7, especially when they start going to like... Points in between the points. It's this was a nine point two. You can't tell me what the difference is between a nine point two and a nine point three. There should be a five scale system. Great, good, okay, eh, and bad. There you go. That's was that five? I think it was five. Yeah, it was five. Yeah, you got it. Oh, is it a great game? Yeah, it was a great game. Guess what? Starfield was a great game. Spider Man Two is a great game. Alan Wake Two is a great game. There you go. Everybody's happy. I thought it was good. Okay. You didn't say it was bad, so you thought it was good. So good. But yeah. nobody can go in and go, well, you gave that one a 7.2 and the other one got a 7.25. Who, who, hacks, paid for review. You're paying to slander it. Blah, 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 so on and so forth. It's a whole thing. But I just wanted to make peeps aware. When you're looking at Dylan Wake 2, make sure you uh, read a wide variety of stuff. Check it out for yourself if you know you don't trust any of them. But I'm telling you this, it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. The old gods of Asgard are back, baby. They've got a whole bunch of new songs and a couple returning songs in this one. And, of course, you get to see all your old favorites return. And is there an appearance by some control folks? Who knows? Perhaps. Perchance. Maybe. Let me tell you. It just might be a thing. Hmm. So go get Alan Wake 2 if you want some survival horror and you want to do that old school third person shooter action the adventure slash trying to live out in this weird nightmare landscape and the forests and town of Brightfall. It's all there for you. I can't wait. I'm diving right on in, except that's a lie because my family was wanting me to play Battlefield 2042 tomorrow now or whatever that game is. So who knows if I'm going to get to play this at all this weekend. And I was going to say, if you don't get to play Sea of Stars, hey, tomorrow we should play some Remnant 2. So I know, we should play some Remnant 2 as well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so while Eric is getting lost in the dark, deep morass of game reviews and bugs and all kinds of other topics that I almost hooked him back into, I'm going to be running and slashing a gun and right through Ghost Runner 2, which came out today, the 26th, developed by One More Level, published by 505 Games for PS5, PC, and Xbox Series consoles only. A true next-gen game. If you love Ghost Runner 1, you're going to love Ghost Runner 2, because this is that and more. It's got more story, it's got more levels, it's got more characters, it's got more this, it's got more flashy action, it's got more running and slashing and dodging and shurikens, it's slowing down time and air dashing, rolling off this thing, grappling hooking over here and doing all the crazy stuff and having an amazing time. So if you love Ghost Runner 1, you're going to love Ghost Runner 2 now that I've calmed down, now that I've stopped ghost running, I'm going to slide into a gaming review discussion of my own and say that if you like a, a fast tempo, if you like a really zooming and booming type of a review and showing off what Ghost Runner 2 really has to offer, you're going to want to go to the IGN review. I will give them props because watching that review, they, they talked about the, you know all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went, man, that sounds good. But I got here home and I went, YouTube, I want to see this review in action. Because when we talked about Ghost Runner 1, 
we both talked about how it looked insanely fast. Yes. All the gameplay was just absolute bananas, nuts, incredible. So I sat down here and I went, I've listened to the IGN review. Let me watch the Gaming Bolt review because they always come up. They're one of those big outlets. I don't know who Gaming Bolt is, but if you search on YouTube for a gaming review, Gaming Bolt comes up. And I clicked on their review and their gameplay that was recorded for that review makes the game look like this. That's the contrast between what Ghost Runner 2 is and can be in the IGN review when you're going really fast and you're slashing and you're ducking and you're dodging and you're weaving and you get to see that in the IGN review and you get to go, oh my God, how could I ever do this? And they show the motorcycle and you're zooming and booming and it's flying through the tubes and jumping off and you jump off the motorcycle and swing up here and grapple up here and wall run up there and then you jump back down onto the motorcycle because it's been going on. That's what you get to see in the IGN review. So do not, do not under any circumstances, if you're interested in this game at all, do not watch the Gaming Bolt review because he plays it just like a a fella taking a walk to the grocery store. And I'm not here to dig on the guy, but I will, I, I will give props to IGN, even though we did just dog on him, because they showed Ghost Runner 2 correctly. They showed why you play this game. Gaming Bolt didn't. And I don't want to dog on him, but just be aware, folks. For this particular review, yeah, you know, and that's why we always stress, you know, if you want to take a look at stuff, go look at multiple sources, because everyone's got a different take. Every reviewer's got a different spice, different thing they like or dislike, or want to show you, and sometimes it may not be what should have been shown to kind of showcase that game, you know what I mean? And sometimes their takes might not be the greatest takes. It, it just varies. So always be very, very careful, and always make sure to check out quite a few folks. And two more cool things about Ghost Runner 2, because I can't not mention them. There is a roguelike type of mode where you're going from node to node, and you get to pick as you finish the stage for that node, you might get an upgrade, the kind of upgrade you would get during the main game, because there is a big skill tree system with that. But then you get to pick, oh, am I going for a parkour challenge next? A combat challenge next? A this challenge next? A that challenge next? And it just sounds like a ton of fun. So you can like make your own Ghost Runner experience. I've heard the levels are either randomly generated, or there's a fixed set that's thrown in randomly. Again, from two different reviews saying two different things. But that just sounds like a ton of fun. All the main storyline levels, they're all perfectly crafted, all the different things you can do. But then if you want to do more, not only can you speed run it, which is a big thing, Ghost Runner speed running, you can go into this roguelite mode and make your own fun. Make your own wackadoo, absolute fun nonsense. And the second thing that I will say is, phew, Ghost Runner 2 is already better than Alan Wake 2 because it's got a physical edition. As soon as we started talking about physical editions, I had to look it up. You can get Ghost Runner 2 at Best Buy, so just zoom on over there. Hop on your bike, jump off the bike, slash some dudes, grab a hook over here, swing over there, wall run over there, get to the Best Buy and get it physically for your PC, your PS5, your Xbox Series consoles, and have a great time with Ghost Runner 2. Man, oh man. And you know what? You ain't got to worry about anything because as we already told you too, Best Buy says, no, we're going to keep video games. So you can keep getting those physical editions for the time being at your local Best Buy. So enjoy that while you can. I'll tell you what, Matt, Ghost Runner 2 is another game I want to play, but will I ever get to it? Probably not. Just like I never got to the original, which we both wanted to play. It's a sad day. It's a sad world. All these wonderful games just slipping by as we sit on that little bridge over the stream and we just can't quite catch them all, you know? And I will say, Ghost Runner 2 does pick up after the first one. So if you did play the first one, you're going to get the story and the characters and the goods and the gittens. But 
I mean, it's a cyberpunk, wacky, crazy ninja, fast-moving, slashing adventure. I'm sure if you missed the first one, you're going to be able to pick it up. I think they even did say in the IGN review there is a story catch-up if you want to do that. So don't feel bad about it. Just get on it. And speaking of getting on it, uh-huh. everybody should get on, should have gotten on. But if you didn't get on before, now you're going to get on via us in your ears telling you about the Xbox Partner Preview event. Because it was yesterday, I think, as we're recording this. Yes, it was yesterday. I watched it today, and my heart grew three sizes this day, let me tell you. I will tell you, because we're going to start off with the one we need to make sure we talk about, no matter what. And that's, of course, Like a Dragon. Ooh, man. Let me tell you, man. I went in, and I heard. I went, went in, of course, to be it's infinite wealth, but you know what I'm talking about. The next Like a Dragon. And I went, what are we going to see? Some more some more fighting, some more combat in the towns? We're not, Matt. We're not. And I was going to st- I was gonna ask you, are we starting small? Are no, we starting we're starting big? big. We're starting we're going to big because this is the biggest one. I took notes on my phone because I didn't have hard copies. I'll read you my notes verbatim. Now, you have to remember, this is all in caps and with like 15 exclamation marks at the end of each sentence. <clears throat> Holy shit, it became Animal Crossing. Yakuza Crossing. Uh-huh. You get to make your own island and build out every house and fill the house full of stuff and attract other villagers or just visitors to the island. You get to set up the whole goddamn thing. I couldn't believe it. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And obviously the game itself, I've already talked about it because I watched it on the RGG Direct. That's already looking freaking amazing. Now this is here, this other mode with this new island that you get to make and go Yakuza Crossing. Phenomenal. Amazing. What could be better in the whole world? It was insane because I just went, "Oh my god!" While I'm playing the game, you're gonna get, you're gonna get uh, uh, setups to do the new furniture. You're gonna get, uh, you know, the, the mock-ups to do these new buildings. You're gonna be able to take it back to your island. You're gonna be able to build those buildings, build those chairs, build that furniture, and recruit people that can do things for you that are gonna, of course, be able to help you on set island, entertain the tourists that come to your island. I imagine this place is going to make you money just like in, you know, some of the games in previous Yaku, uh, like a dragons. I can't wait, man. Oh, it was so cool. I went, this is great because you can spend no time in it if you don't want to touch it, or you can spend all the time in it. And on top of spending time of it in it, you get to bring your folks in and your friends in and and set them up. So every time you go there, they're doing something different. You know, it showcased all sorts of pals and recruits you got going, fishing, having fun, entertaining people, doing this, doing that. And, I, and then, of course, two mascots that came yes. fumbling on. Rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. And then who did I see? I saw Sheep Man laying on the beach chilling. I said, Sheep Man, here, hey, he's here. How's that story go? What's going on with that? I can't wait. I want to play with Sheep Man. I loved old Sheep Man. I got so excited. It didn't even show you pretty much anything else, really. Just showed you that, and I went, "Yep, can't wait." This is a, this is a must-play gem that cannot be passed over, no matter what happens. And what I'm even more excited for is because they always build off. If you get a, a really cool mini game, because you get a million mini games in the Yakuza games in the Yakuza franchise, when they find a hit, they make it better and better and better in each successive thing. It was the Cabaret Club game before, which I believe is still in the Gaiden game, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. Now this whole island simulator, city maker, builder. When they started off and were showing crafting, I went, oh, I don't know about that. But then they showed more crafting and more crafting. And I went, I don't know how. It's just like they just kept feeding me. 
until I loved it. And then they f- gave me food that I actually loved. And I went, oh, this too? No, 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 no. And I, by the time we were done, I had eaten like three cans of canned peas, which I don't like. But then I'd also eaten like six cakes and like eight pizzas. And I went, this is just, everything's amazing. Everything was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And well, that's it. That's all there is to say about that. It was I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was incredible. I just hope that you can recruit people that have like skill sets that allow them to like super easily build the buildings for you and, and, and just like do all this extra little weird random crap to just specialize down to the T what you want, what you're trying to go for for this island. And I guarantee that they have to because even like the new tourists you could get, yeah, they, they would bring money to the island. Mm-hmm. There was a money thing, but there was a ton of stuff underneath that too on the character card, like four yeah, or five that's different what slots I was looking for at, things. Yeah. And I went, yeah, this is, mm-hmm, it's going to be, oh, I'm going to get him and then I'm going to get him and then he's going to trade like, him out. Put, put moving her in. I'm going to make a little hutch for him over there, and he's going to be neighbors with this guy. It's just, it's going to be Animal Crossing, which I put like 900 hours into the last one. And then, so. since it sounds like it's an island at which tourists want to come and vacation and have fun with, I just foresee it being just like the other one in uh, previous Yaka, uh, Like a Dragon, where your money is just going to go ching, 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 mm-hmm. ching, ching. And all of a sudden, I'm just blinging. I'm just buying whatever I want. I don't even care. Yep. Buying all the things, having a great time. And now I've got all the best weaponry. I'm going out there smoking fools with all the best equipment and the main, you know, actual game itself. It's a win-win. And then, of course, it pans out and just showcases the the image like a dragon with all your friends. Everybody's all there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. I need to be here. So now we do have to come down from the highest of highs. And I'm not going to say there's lowest of lows anywhere in this show, because even the stuff that I don't have much to say about looked really good, looked really great. But I'm going to go down to a, a, I'm excited for it, and I was drooling and I was sweating, but I don't know how it's going to pan out. And it's something that Eric doesn't have any history with, Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. It looks so good. It looks, like, it looks visually so good. Except Snake looks a little weird, but... What, again, I've said it before, what is the Delta for? What has changed? Delta is the symbol for that. What has changed in here? And also, the enemies look good. The environment looks amazing. Like I said, Snake's face is a little in it, but I got to see, what does the boss look like? What does Vulcan look like? I got to see these these characters. I can deal with Snake's face looking a little different from how it used to, but what are they going to look like? What's Eva going to look like? What's Ocelot going to look like? I, I'm starving for more, but I'm also that guy who's like, if they don't look like my, my, my characters from when I played this 20 years ago, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm up and I'm down, but I want to see more because I got to see more because I'm going to play it no matter what. Even when I had the doubts, I was sitting there and going, yeah, but you're going to play this. You're going to play it and do every single thing that you can possibly do in it. And I said to myself, yes, I am. I'm still going to do it no matter what, but I really want it to be really good and really awesome and it got me excited, and not, but mostly yes. So there you go. It, it did it. So you're over there with the Metal Gear, and I went with Still Wakes the Deep. All right, it's a, a brand new uh, narrative horror game from Dear Esther, Esther, whatever developer. I'm not really familiar with them, to be quite honest with you. But this gameplay had me. You're on this crazy looking oil rig, and something crazy funky's going on. And you're on board, and I don't know what you're trying to even do. If you're trying to rescue somebody, if you're trying to get off, or what. 
but it's super moody. It's super just spooky, just like it says and just like it's trying to be. And you're crawling through these little shafts and you hear just echoes of ghosts or people or whatever it is, just screaming and crying out. And then you see this is weird, like hand floating in the water and you're going to duck down into the water and you're going through these vents and trying to pop up. It was super, super just strange, creepy, weird, isolated, and intense. And I'm on board for that. If that keeps up throughout the entire game and you're just wondering what in the hell's going on, because of course the character you're playing seemingly in this this trailer has no idea what the hell's happening. And of course they're like, oh shit, shite, shite. Oh, you know, what what the hell? So they have no clue what's happening. So I have to assume they're coming on board after this calamity or after whatever this situation has already partaken and everyone's already dead, gone, or whatever the case is. It looked cool. I like this type of game. I want to see more. Hopefully it pans out for me. But uh, definitely got my interest. Definitely made me excited to see something about it. Whereas previously I was, you know, eh, it looked okay. Because I think there was another trailer a while back for it. But I was like, eh, it's neat, but don't really care too much. So speaking of things that look neat, that we want to be really good. I've been hearing buzz about this one. And I got excited for it and I added it to my Steam wish list. But lately people have been going, oh, I don't know about this one, man. Oh, I don't think people are ready for this one. And I don't know if they mean in a good way or a bad way. But every time I see it, RoboCop Rogue City gets me excited because I want to shoot stuff as RoboCop. I want to shoot people with a big, giant, automatic handgun and see blood just go all over the place and just have a wacky, crazy time. And this trailer put me in a wacky, crazy mood because I was seeing nuke spray paint on the walls. I was seeing gang leaders and junkies running around, and I was seeing RoboCop shooting dudes. The only two problems that I had with this trailer, and I hope don't carry over into the main game, is one, we all know, Peter Weller is RoboCop, but you don't have to imitate his voice because you can't do it justice. No offense to the voice actor, no offense to anybody behind it. Just do your own RoboCop. You don't have to be him because you'll never be him because nobody will be him. The second thing is, I think the first pistol they showed him shooting in the trailer, he shot it with two hands, and I went, no sir, no ma'am. But then they did show the iconic RoboCop gun, and I went, yeah, just stomping around as RoboCop, shooting up drug lords and shooting up drug warehouses and shooting up bikers on the street. I don't even care. I want to pull out the little PC interface stabber jabber and just stab some dudes in the neck. I just want to be RoboCop. And like I said, all the people who have the hands-on sneak preview stuff they're not allowed to talk about keep going, ho, 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 I don't know about this one. I don't know if people are ready for it. What does that mean? Does that mean good? Does it mean bad? Does it just mean RoboCop? I don't understand. Does it mean like blood and guts everywhere? We saw Ed 209. He said the things. You have five seconds to comply. I want to see someone get chewed up into meat in a game. And I hope this gives it to me. Because I want to be RoboCop. I want to stomp around and shoot some dudes. I want to shoot a dude in the nuts. That's what I want to do. Well, I won't go in deep on it. But I will just say I've heard uh, some several podcasts, Yahoo's, who I listen to, say that they really enjoyed the demo that was out for a while there. Really had a good time with it. It was very uh, different from what they thought and expected and had a lot of fun with it and some of the interactions with the people and with the scenarios that they had to partake in. So it looks and seems promising so far. Good. And this other game, Matt, that I'm going to talk about besides the last one I'll talk about, which is uh, you're going to guess already, you know, Alan Wake 2. But <laughs> this game I don't know yet. I just still don't. Even after, because they did a previous trailer on this. Didn't really make sense to me. Then they came back and they just did this one, which they said, hey, a lot of you want to see more on this, try to figure out what it actually is. Let us tell you and show you more. 
I still don't really know. I don't think they actually did what they were hoping to do because I still don't understand. It is Dungeons of Hinterburg, and I want to be interested. I want to like this game because mm-hmm. it's so weird. It's like a, it's like an old school fantasy game, but they're in today's day and age. The main character, she's got the sword, and she's coming into shops, having coffee, hanging out with the town's folks in what looks like a common, you know, town you'd see anywhere this day and age. Except then she wanders out into dungeons like you would in any fantasy title you watch and anything or read about all the time. And the folks are in on it. So it ain't like thus far, as far as I can tell, it's not her imagination. She's coming into town. And they're like, hey, did you beat that dungeon you were after? And she's like, yep, I went over there and beat it. Oh, cool. I've got some new stuff to sell you. I heard that Fred went out and was trying to tackle this one over here. So I, don't, I still don't know if she's misinterpreting and it's all just part of her imagination and these dungeons aren't real or if they're trying to do some weird spin on this you know whole thing and it, it there are dungeons and there is this whole fantasy vibe except we've moved past the old you know medieval fantasy and now we're just in current day and age but we still have dungeons we still have monsters we still have what you'd expect from your old fantasy tropes i hope that's the case i don't want it to be the mind thing where it's all in her head and she's suffering from depression or whatever anxiety or some crazy stuff i don't want all that i want this to actually be a really cool spin on the whole thing and it's these are dungeons these are monsters but we did keep on moving along evolution-wise, and we now are just in what me and you are in currently. You know, we're driving cars, doing things, running shops like we normally would, just living life. But we do have people conquering dungeons and keeping the monsters at bay so we can keep doing these things. It's kind of that whole thing me and Matt talked about off-air previously. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we had, like, an apex predator against humans and we had to, like, kind of change how we worked? We, you know, we wouldn't obviously die because we're not idiots, but we'd have to change our lives and everything would kind of change. This... This is that. This could be that. I don't know because they still didn't really tell me fully if that's the case. But I was interested. I want to see more on it. So at least it did that for it. I 100% agree. I don't remember seeing this before, like at all. But as soon as the graphics showed up on screen, I went, I want to love this. Just from the graphical style alone, that cell shaded art style, like the friendly look of all the characters, especially when they're talking to each other, mm-hmm. like the little scroll work. But then, like you said, like the modern day discussions and, and text and the way they were actually speaking was just like you and I having a conversation. And I went, this is cool. This is cool. And the dungeons and the things. And then that they have a social system where if you make friends with this person and it showed, hey, you're now friends with Billy Bob the artisan or whatever. He had like three stars you could fill up with friendship. And at this one star level, you get this bonus, which has to do with like your armor buff. Or this next person, it was, oh, lowered prices at the shop, which is a pretty simple one. But then the next one, it had to do with your actual dungeoneering. And I went, man, this is awesome because I want to go into dungeons. I want to dungeon crawl, but I want to come back out and have discussions with my friends in the real world and be making friends that help my dungeoneering. And my dungeoneering unlocks more discussions I can have with my friends. This looked really cool. Like it looked technically maybe like a touch janky, like it looked a little not that smooth, Mm -hmm. but all the aspects about it, everything else about it, I want to fall in love with this game. So I am Definitely putting it on my list. I'm definitely going to be watching for it. In addition to, since Eric has one more to go, I'll give you a two-pack as my last two, and then we can talk about Alan Wake 2, obviously. I'm going to say one of the ones I had never heard of before, or maybe I'd heard the name and knew nothing about, Ikaro Will Not Die, a cyberpunk action platformer. This looked like if Ghost Runner was slowed down a little bit, and in third person, and more neon. And it just looked like a lot of fun moving and grooving and sliding and ducking and dodging and then beating up enemies and maybe a simple game maybe not that much to it but 
it piqued my interest. That art style, the action style, I was interested in this one. And then the finals. Now, when you went, oh, they had showed this off before, and now they showed Mm -hmm. more, I thought maybe you were talking about this. And when they first showed off the finals, which wasn't what it was called at the time, everyone went, oh, man, squad-based, run-around, shooter, who, who, who cares? And to be honest, that's what I did. I went, oh, it's this game. Okay, yeah, team-based thing. And then they started blowing stuff up, like the whole level. They started blowing holes in everything. The level started collapsing everywhere. And I went, now you have my interest. I was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I was like, I'm paying attention, but now you're going full-on Red Faction Armageddon up in here, blowing stuff up, blowing things up. Oh, there's a, you, we got to get up to Alpha and, and take Alpha away from them. Oh, but you can tunnel under and just blow out the different levels, and then Alpha falls down to you. And I went, yeah, that's, that's what I want. That's what I'm interested in. I mean, not just that, but you know what I'm saying. You totally piqued my interest, and the only thing I was thinking, because there's a million multiplayer shooters everywhere. I'm going to fall in love with this. I'm going to love the destruction as long as it's actually full-on full destruction that you can do anywhere, anytime, and not just fix things. Now, I'm going to fall in love with this game. I'm going to want it to succeed. And then one day I'm going to be listening, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but we just know this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be listening to Skill Up's Weekend Video Games, and he'll go, oh, well, everybody looks like it's the finals for the finals because the ending support after a year. And I'll go, God damn it. But you can just tell. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to dog on the game because you heard me. It looks fun. It looks good, especially the, the destruction stuff. But this feels like a game that's going to jump up. People are going to love it. People who really like it are going to play it, just like Gigantic, just like Battleborn, just like everything that's gone away. But then the casuals aren't going to get hooked on it. The mainstream is just going to go play some Call of Duty or Battlefield. It'll fall down. It'll go free-to-play if it's not already, but I think this one was free-to-play. And then after a year and a half, they'll say, hey, we're, we're ending support. And then a year later, the servers will close down. And then SkillUp will say, ho it's the finals for the finals. Ha, 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 anyone remember that game? And I'll be bitter, just like I am about Battleborn and all these other games like this. But for what it is, what they showed off, the new things they showed off, I got excited for this. I want to play this. Uh, it did look it did look amazing, and I really appreciated all the level destruction and the different ways you could go about getting the uh, the the bank or whatever it was, you know, the the money. But I immediately, for me, tossed my towel in because I went, "Oh, there's so many people so much smarter, faster than I am playing these types of games. I'm just gonna get smoked and get aggravated." So while this is cool, and I would love to play it if I could play it with people that were just as bad at me at it. That won't be the case. You and me, Eric. Yeah, go we'll get just be a terrible team and get smoked. And then we have a few beers, and the man goes, "God, I hate you, Eric. God, just come over here, you idiot." And then we're sorry, man. Shoot the bank at him. <laughs> I can't shoot my guns. Throw the bank just thing. Throw do the you thing. remember? Throw the How do I do that? What's our that one button? Oh, right? oh, you're dead. Sorry, man. I'll do. I did it now. It's too late. I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, tonight, I'm done. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> So with that being said, the last one for me tonight was the Alan Wake 2 trailer that they put up there. And of course, I told you, I've seen a billion trailers. I've watched a lot of the behind-the-scenes things. I just watched a couple of reviews today. But watching this trailer, holy mackerels, the enemy in particular of that woman that looked like she was in the water, but she wasn't, but you're in this room, and she had the arms, but it was just reflections of her head and her other arms on the bottom. And then she's like 
swimming through this water that isn't there and finding you. And then you can stand in the light and she can't see you and just happen to take multiple shotgun shells to the head, pistol shells, pistol rounds, I should say. I was like, Ooh, this is, this is going to be tough. This ain't just wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I'm, I'm running through the gun and through the game. No problemos. Every encounter was, you were having to spend some rounds. You were having to dodge juke, get out of the way of stuff. And I went, yep. All right, Eric, you got to change the mindset. You got to get back in the groove of this because this ain't just going to be a walk in the park. And that's exactly what I thought because I was I was watching it and the, the whole theme of the trailer, everything else, the, like the inner cuts with the weird, like the jump scare people that were obviously real life but filmed in the dark and then had a filter over them. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Then they got to that lady and I was like, this is cool. It's dark and it's scary. And then she was taking multiple shotgun rounds and a whole bunch of pistol rounds. And I went... I really hope that I get a lot of them rounds then because if just one enemy and I don't know if it was a boss or like a sub boss or, you know, whatever, or just a late game regular or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, this could be way too much. If rounds are rare and it's a scarce resource, I'm going to be pissed off if I'm shooting this chick in the head eight times and she's still not going down and I'm having to run and duck and dodge and juke. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Who knows? But if ammo is plentiful, and I get to have tense, cool encounters like that. Like you said, just the the way she just the way she looked to start with, and then the fact that she was swimming through this dimension or whatever that wasn't there to pop up around you as this swimming through. Oh man, it was cool. It was cool, and I loved it. Yeah, and then the talking. Yeah, her just rambling on while you're hiding or moving around trying to locate her before she gets you. Then her face shifting she was doing, that was crazy. And then they had the big chomper dude who was like, blah, 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 and he's coming and ground pounding and whatnot. And I was just like, wow. And, of course, they showcased many different baddies and stuff like that that you could see through there. And then the Alan Wake, you know, and his his trials and errors, and we've already discussed and, and Saga and what she's up to and how it all ends up fitting together. They did a really great job of showing you a lot of stuff without telling you anything. It was fantastic. Just got me even more hyped for what I'll be playing, hopefully tomorrow at some point in time. Maybe not, maybe Saturday. But either way, this weekend, for sure. And I like two folks, I'm telling you, don't drop the ball. Check this dang game out, because it's looking really good. And there are other games that we didn't even have a chance to get to. No. There's all kinds of stuff in this Xbox Partner Preview event for you. But I, it was like perfect bookends. You started off and you shot me to the moon. And then you went, hey, why don't you come on back down to Earth a little bit? Except at the end, you rocketed off to the moon again. It was great. It was a fantastic showcase. Two awesome games to bookend it. And what about you out there in podcast listener land? Do you agree with me? Or are you just a chump and a buster and you didn't, you didn't, you don't like video games and you thought, oh, no, there's a bunch of games and stuff? Let us know that. Via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook. Under Third Shift, hit up the Discord, the Patreon. Hit up the Twitch. I might be on it this weekend. Who knows? If it's quiet here in the house, I might have the ability to go on Twitch and play some more Spider-Man and have a great time. Hit me up there if you see me live. And that's it. That's it. Find me at those places. Don't come to our houses. Just leave us alone. For God's sakes, we're trying to play video games this weekend. Didn't you hear us talk about it? Leave us alone. Don't come to the houses. We got video games going, but you do go over to that Twitch. Do check out Matt playing some games over there. Go on over to the mailbags or go on over to Patreon. You know, it's a little tip jar. Like what you heard. Like what we're up to. Throw a few bucks in there. Help us out. Help us help you. Throw in a few bucks or more. You might even get some extra content. You might actually get us talking in depth on some of the video games we do play that we only casually talk about on the main show. 
Maybe, maybe. Or if you don't have any bucks, you can't throw us any extra change. You say, I'm just strapped for cash. I got too much cocaine to snort. I understand. You got to do what you got to do. You can, however, go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Go over to Spotify, give us a five-star review. Go to Twitch, throw us your Prime sub, or throw us, you know, the 50 cents or a bunch of bits or whatever it is that Twitch accepts. That all helps us out, and we super-duper appreciate it. Or go to the mailbag, throw in some questions, go to the Discord, hang out and chat with us about whatever the hell you want to chat about. I'll respond. I don't care what it is. I'll give you I'll give you some kind of feedback, whether it's good or bad. doesn't matter. We'll be there to listen and talk with you. So consider any of those things because it makes us feel oh so good in our tummies. What also makes us feel good is you listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 2nd of November on iTunes and Stitcher on Podbean on Spotify and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it so much. Just as we appreciate those five-star reviews. Come on, folks. Halloween is upon us. Get them in there. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Think of it for that. You know, all these holidays. This is the time of giving, folks. Give us the five-star reviews to make us shoot to the moon and be the top of the game. Be the cat's meow. We want to be there with you. Man, you were talking about Halloween time. We didn't even do anything spooky for the Halloween episode. But then you mentioned turkey time, and I got, I don't think, I had never mentioned it. The uh, the Mr. Torg's Arena of Badassery Borderlands yeah. board game, mm-hmm. it finally showed up, and I have the little waddle gobbler in there. So maybe for Thanksgiving, I... I won't do it. I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say maybe I'll paint him up and get him all turkey-fied and having, having a great time. No, he's just going to stay gray forever. Aww. But listeners know I do have that, and Eric can think about my cool little Waddle mm-hmm. Gobbler mini. You know you know what? Okay, here's here's what we do. If my mini is not in mm-hmm. for the next D&D session, I'm bringing the Gobbler. That's right. what I'm going to be. We'll do that at the very least. And you know what? You're right. We didn't do some Halloween shenanigans this year. It's a weird year. It kind of falls like in the middle of next week, but right before the show – Usually it seems closer. So sorry about that, folks. That's a, that's on me. That's on me. But you know what? Maybe Thanksgiving we'll have a little something extra. Maybe we'll do a little something Thanksgiving-y. And I feel like it's also, it's falling in a weird time where both of us are in a weird funk just in general. So it's not, hey, let's get all jazzed up for some Halloween. Uh, it's Halloween's coming, Eric. You excited? No, unfortunately, I'm, a lot of work I'm doing. <laughs> a lot of stuff's happening. <laughs> But you know what? Until that time, until next time, when Halloween will be over, and maybe we'll be out of the funk, still there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say... Shut up and sit down. Ooh, spooky at the very last second. Boo! There's your jump scare for the day. Boo! I gotcha. There. All done. (laughs) Halloween.